0: All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back to another week of Health Unscripted. Today, we're going to talk about something a little different. It wasn't really on the podcast docket of stuff I wanted to record, but here is the like life just kind of takes a hold of you sometimes and you're like, yep, we're going to talk about that because I have learned so much from it uh, just in terms of like what people believe, what people think, where there's still gaps in education. So I want to dive into this topic today. And the episode title is gonna be like 10 things I've learned from (laughs) maybe, I might call it peanut butter gate. No one's gonna really know what that is though, but it's more of like what I've learned about going semi-viral on the internet. About a nutrition topic. Like, obviously, we're going to make that short and sweet and concise. But if you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, I've been posting about it on my stories recently and it's become kind of hilarious. I call it hashtag peanut butter gate or PB gate because I made a reel and I'm going to post it in the show notes. I made a reel using audio from Issa Ray, And it literally says, don't believe stupid people. <laughs> so like, it fits my personality. I look real sassy in the real, like my facial expressions. Cause if you know me, I don't hide my facial expressions. They are very much there. Uh, which is one reason, like I also haven't gotten Botox cause I want people to know <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> but it says like, don't believe stupid people. And it literally says in the text box, when someone says peanut butter is a great source of protein okay and then in the caption oh, it's playing right now because i'm trying to bring it up um in the caption it says anyone who says pv is a good source of protein send them this and it's like a funny emoji it says out of all the macros proteins carbs and fats protein is actually the smallest amount how is this a good source One serving actually contains six grams of protein, seven grams of carbs and 16 grams of fat. So it's actually a really great fat source and extra calories. And it literally goes in to say like, hey, I'm promoting for my mastering macros webinar, you know, that I did in April, uh, mid April. So this reel has been out for over a month now and it's still gaining so much traction on Facebook of all places, Instagram, nada, it's done. Nobody really cared. Nobody wrote mean things. People laughed at it. They understood. TikTok, nothing, nada, just some likes. Normally, TikTok can be a mean place too, nothing. On Facebook, y'all, this fucking reel (laughs) has been ruining my life. It has got 70,000 views, 900, as I'm looking at it now, 909 likes, 321 comments, and 16 shares. I can't even see the shares, but I'm sure there's some people who are like talking shit about it, right? But in the comments has been the craziest things I have witnessed, (laughs) like the craziest feedback, the craziest ideas. And yes, I've been responding to them and I'm not intentionally rude, but if you're gonna come on my page and attack me, like I'm gonna say some stuff back and defend myself. Just because I'm a business owner and a content creator does not mean that I allow people to openly disrespect me especially if they don't even know me. A lot of the times I'll just be like, thanks for the engagement because yeah, you may not want to believe me or think that I'm wrong and then clearly openly voice your opinion on this, but you're still commenting on my reel, which is just showing it to more people. Like it's just continuously putting it out there and making Facebook think like, oh, people like this. I'm going to continue showing it. So because of all this traction, it's still going crazy. And every time I see a notification pop up that I have a new comment on this reel, I cringe. (laughs) So I wanna talk about like what I have learned from this reel about the internet, nutrition, the way people think, marketing. So this is 10 things I've learned from Peanut Butter Gate. All right guys, and I say 10, but it might get longer as we keep talking because I wrote these out as like a one through 10 in no particular order either is this like um, put together. Uh, It's just how my brain like came up like, oh yeah, that too. So there might be some really important stuff towards the bottom, but again, the list might grow. It might actually grow to 12 now that I think about it, but what I've learned from this reel, from this reel of telling people that peanut butter is not a great source of protein. Okay. Number one, like, The majority of people are vastly misinformed when it comes to nutritional profiles of food, vastly misinformed. If you track macros, you understand that peanut butter is not a good source of protein. Does that mean that you can't eat it? No, you can absolutely eat it. If you love peanut butter, go for it. Nobody's telling you, and I wasn't telling you in that reel to not eat peanut butter. All I'm saying is that if you track macros and you're looking for, not even if you track macros, in life, if you're looking for a good source of protein, which means it's an efficient source of protein, which means for the calorie amount, you are getting mostly protein in that calorie amount percentage, you don't go for peanut butter. And I say this and I put this in the reel because it's just been talked about for decades and decades and decades that peanut butter is protein, eat peanut butter, eat a scoop of peanut butter. It's, It's good for you. It's got protein in it. And it's like, it's not a high protein food at all. It's not. And it's just like, you want strong bones and calcium, like drink milk. Like actually that stuff's been like disproved and whatever too, it was all marketing ploy, right? So it's very crazy how much people will cling to old ideas instead of like listening to actual science and facts. Like I can post a nutrition label and that's essentially what I did in the comments was put the nutrition label. And out of all of the macros that peanut butter has, protein is at the bottom. It's the least amount. So it's not a great protein source. Like if you're gonna get all your protein from peanut butter, you're gonna go vastly over calories and probably be in a calorie surplus and gain weight, which is what I also put in the caption, And it took a wild turn too, which we'll get there. I don't want to like skip numbers, but, um, if you're in a weight loss phase or in a deficit phase, that's not a good thing. There are more efficient sources of protein, like any other meat source, (laughs) any meat source is a better, uh, form of protein. Eggs, egg whites are the most efficient source of protein. That's basically all protein, right? No fats, no carbs. Um, there's a lot more that you can play with and peanut butter is just something that like people think is going to give them protein and it's not. So this is why I think it's so important for the most of the population to even just track macros or calories for three to six months. It will substantially change your life because I also had some people in the comments who were like, do you even realize how much two tablespoons is that's a lot. And I'm like, no, it's not. You ever measured it out? It's not that much, actually. <laughs> like when you measure it out on a scale, you're like, really? Like that's two tablespoons? I've actually been eating three or four this whole time. So it's really not that much. I actually had someone comment that like a tablespoon of meat and a tablespoon of protein, like peanut butter, or excuse me, a tablespoon of peanut butter and a tablespoon of meat would have the same protein. And I'm like, who's eating a tablespoon of meat? for one. And two, it's also extremely vastly like extremely different calorie profiles. So again, still not efficient, um, which is the main thing I wanted to hammer home here, but this is where everyone can really learn nutritional profiles of food by tracking, because what you think, you know, and then you put into the app, you don't know, like, I posted on my story. I think I've used this as an example before that most people avoid potatoes because carbs and because they're bad for you. And like, they're just loaded with carbs. We can't have potatoes, like meat and potatoes. That's a bad diet. When really like a banana has more carbs than four ounces of potatoes. So are we avoiding bananas too? Like I know some personal trainers and people out there push, like you can't eat fruit because of sugar, which is dumb, by the way, it's dumb. Don't, Don't listen to that either, but. Tracking food will significantly help you become more self aware of nutritional profiles because it's very clear to me that not a lot of people know nutritional profiles of food. They are just listening to other people and it's not accurate. Okay. So that's the first thing I've learned. This podcast might be a little long now that I'm like expanding on each point. I was going to make a post on this and I was like, now nah, we need to talk about these posts because I can't do that in a caption. But number two, a lot of people lead with feelings over facts. It should be facts over feelings, right? Like it should be objective. Like, yeah, look at the nutrition label. Look at this. These are facts. This is the data. But instead, people got really, really hurt about peanut butter. It was like I was attacking some like core childhood memory for them. And they like attacked me in the comments. And the amount of people that liked their responses versus my responses just further showed me that it's feelings over facts. And it's like, why are we so attached to this peanut butter narrative? Where did this come from? Again, no one's saying not to eat it. No one's saying you can't have your peanut butter and jelly. No one's saying you can't add it to your shake. Um, someone told me like, it's great for kids. I'm like, awesome. This is still not a post about children though, right? Like, uh, it was just like, they projected all of this negativity and like anger at me because I was telling them something factual. And it was honestly unnecessary. And that's what a lot of the comments have been. It's just like a lot of feelings over facts. And I don't know where this took a turn in society of where we absolutely feel like we need to voice all of our feelings and everyone's feelings need to be validated and everyone's feelings are correct because I'm a millennial, like I was born in 88. I don't know. I think that makes me like a mid millennial. I don't think I'm an elder or I might be on the elder edge, but like we grew up with bullying. We grew up with like, your feelings don't matter, which is probably why we're all dealing with like a level of childhood trauma. (laughs) I'm not saying that's any better, but like, there's, there's two extremes here. We don't need to be on one end and we don't need to be on like, you know, your feelings don't matter. And we don't need to be on every feeling you have should matter because they're not. Feelings are fleeting. And even in our coaching and with my coach specifically, and then I've like kind of passed it down to some of my clients. I like, we regularly say hashtag fuck your feelings because we'll get up and we'll be like, I don't feel like working out today. It's like, okay, cool. But your feelings shouldn't dictate your decisions. Like fuck your feelings. You know, you have to go do it. You're not motivated. Motivation's a feeling. We're not relying on motivation because it's a feeling and it's emotion and it's fleeting. We need to build this into habitual practices and routine. So again, we can't always rely on our feelings and people like to project that inner hurt onto others. And it happened to be me and it was so fun. But that's the second thing I learned was feelings over facts when it should be facts over feelings. Number three, people are fucking mean, man. (laughs) People are mean. And I think what's happened, and I'm pretty sure someone sent this to me, Gabrielle, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, uh, who's amazing. If you don't follow her, go follow her. She posted a guest on her podcast recently that was talking about how social media has given, um, I forget that I'm doing a video podcast sometimes, and I'm like reading the list of stuff that I have, but I forget, um, or excuse me, she had a guest on her podcast recently that was saying how social media has given People who maybe shouldn't have a platform, a platform. And these people hide, There, I call them keyboard warriors. Every, a lot of people call them keyboard warriors, or you know, trolls, whatever you want to call them. Um, they hide behind cryptic profile pictures and empty super private profiles and just like troll people. They say mean things, they come out and they like drop some of the meanest shit you've ever heard under like a random person's profile. Like these people don't know me at all. Why are you telling me that I'm anorexic and I have an eating disorder and all this stuff? Do you not like, no, what if I actually did like that would be spiral trigger stuff, right? They don't care. That's what they're going for. So people are fucking mean (laughs) and it's kind of like, you know, I've gotten mean comments before, but the more agitating content I put out, which guys, I will be honest, I did not think are real voicing the facts about peanut butter was going to be this agitating to the general public. So that's another surprise to me as well. But it's like the little things we don't think about. But um, the more I put out, the more I have people who disagree with my sentiments. And that's fine because not everyone is for me. And I made a post on that recently on my Instagram that like, I'm not trying to attract everyone. If I put out facts and they don't vibe with you, You're not my people. And that's totally fine. I only want to work with my people. Obviously, that's who would, you know, vibe well. I like that word with me. And we would we would coach well together and you know, you would trust me and all that stuff. If I can't even tell you that peanut butter is not a great source of protein without you losing your shit, we're just we're not gonna be a good team. It's not gonna work. So um that was kind of a tangent that might have been number four. (laughs) I don't know, but people are mean. They'll never say it to your face if they got the option to in public, they hide behind their screens and their keyboards. And so you kind of have to develop this like really thick skin. If you're going to be a content creator and you're going to post things that other people might disagree with. So we're currently working on chameleon skin at the moment, some lizard, thick alligator skin. I like chameleon because I want to be adaptable, you know, but that's something I've had to learn is that you need tough skin. Uh, You can't take all this stuff personally because these people don't know you they're just rude. Number four, uh, justification is so real. People will argue any point, even if it's not the one that's up for debate. Like I'm going to post the link to this reel. And if you guys scroll the comments, you will see everything from (gasps) peanut butter is so like, it's so (laughs) like, what's the word juxtaposing to like, you'll have one person saying, peanut butter is so great. It's an amazing health food, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll have someone else that's like, peanut butter is so inflammatory. It's not what it picks up in the soil. They're so bad for you. It's not even a real food, yada, yada, yada. You'll have people talking about like children. You'll have people talking about um, bulking and like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like, okay, but that real, like <laughs> Arnold did not eat peanut butter for protein. I'm going to tell you that right now. And yes, bodybuilders and bulking, calories are what are super important and peanut butter is very calorie dense that's why it helps i guarantee you they're getting protein from other sources it ain't just peanut butter okay they're getting calories from peanut butter but people will argue any point even if it's not the one up for debate um like even myself they're arguing about one girl was arguing about like my eating disorder journey and how i'm handling it what like first of all, I didn't give you details on that. I just said macros saved me from that. And now you're telling me that you don't trust me because that would send her, like it was this whole thing. And I was like, wow, this is really like, this is a lot. This is also a little ignorant and assuming. And yeah. Um, again, (laughs) it's insane. What do I want to say? I want to say it's like Do I have it on my list? Cause I don't want to say this first. Uh, No, but have you guys ever heard of like the Dunning-Kruger effect? I talked about this with my friend over the weekend. It's like this overinflated self-confidence about a topic that you're not qualified to talk about. (laughs) So like coming at me so confident about peanut butter being a protein source. And it's like, show me the science and show me how you mean it. And then you can't because you're just arguing like, it's so real in so many areas of life right now. Um, it was just an eye opener that like, I am presenting you with facts and different kind of facts. And it's just like, nope, we're not believing it because this is what I heard from someone else. And I'm like, okay, thanks for the engagement, <laughs> but people will justify anything at this point instead of being wrong. And I have very much looked back and been like, am I wrong in this post? Like I've asked my coach, I've asked friends. I'm like, did I say something that's not correct? Because I will go on there and be like, "Never mind," or I'll delete it or whatever. But no, you can't. It's not wrong. I promise you it's not wrong. (laughs) Uh, Number five, we're going to get through this a little bit. My looks and your looks, just throwing this out there are heavily judged before people believe what's coming out of your mouth. Like you will be judged on anything and everything, regardless of what's coming out of your mouth. And I also learned that at the speaker school thing that I did two weeks ago, where the crowd is going to judge me and how I look and how my hair is and how I walk and how I put myself together way before anything even comes out of my mouth. So again, these are people that don't know you. So don't take it too personally, but a lot of people used my looks in those comments as a way to disqualify what was coming out of my mouth because I'm skinny and I can eat whatever I want. Why am I on here talking and about peanut butter and telling people how they should be eating? Um, first of all, nobody can eat whatever they want and just do whatever they want. They can't. Um, I get to eat Technically, what I want because I'm bulking and because I've built up the metabolism to do so, which everyone has the ability to do, they just don't. So, or they're working on it if you're working on it now, right? But it's not because of my genetics. My genetics are actually quite the opposite of my body style. So, I've had to work against those things. And then I also get like, you know, we have the hormone debate of it's my hormones, like it's my thyroid. Like, listen, I got hypothyroid too. I do, but I'm not my diagnosis and I don't use it as an excuse. I don't use anything as an excuse. I just work harder or I find obstacles and solutions or don't let them be obstacles. I find solutions or other things to get around those obstacles. So if people want to come after my looks and disqualify me for what's in my brain and the knowledge I have, like, so be it. They're not my people, right? Like don't judge a book by its cover. We've always, we've heard that. Um, I know I talked about too, like your body is your business card type of thing. And that's true to a point, but it should also be about your credentials and the proof of who you've helped and things like that, which leads me to, I want to, I want to go through, where is the point? I have to remember not to talk about this later, but it's farther down the list. Most people Um, most people will trust whatever their doctor says, regardless if what they say is true or not. Um, I had quite a few people, a couple of people make comments like, well, I'm going to listen to my doctor who says it's amazing over some random girl on the internet. I'm like, okay, first of all, I I work in healthcare, but they don't know that. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to fight with them. I'm not going to argue with them, but okay. Like, listen to your doctor. That's cool. Um, but your doctor's wrong. (laughs) Like it's not a great source of protein. Um, so that's that, right? Like I see that with clients too. I see it all the time with like, you know, my doctor told me for PCOS, I need to drop my calories to 1200, eliminate all carbs and go on birth control. Like that's my favorite excuse or my favorite rundown to give because it happens so often. And The way that we handle PCOS clients is literally the opposite of that, because we're not going to get into a PCOS lesson right now, but there are four different types. So depending on your type of PCOS is how we need to handle it. Like if you don't have insulin resistant PCOS, why are we eliminating all carbs? And even if you do have insulin resistant PCOS, why are we eliminating all carbs? You need fiber the most and fiber is found in carbs. So, you know, I digress there. Also putting you on birth control is going to make you temporarily feel better because it's a band-aid, but it's not going to fix the underlying core issues of why we're having irregular periods and irregular issues. And we need to fix those core issues. And we can't really tell if they're working if you're on birth control. So it's like this whole runaround. So your doctor is only as informed as they want to be, especially about functional medicine and nutrition, because they do not practice that in med school or unless, you know, they do some things on their own outside of medical school. I didn't learn any of this stuff in pharmacy school. Um, I have quite a few friends in medicine who didn't learn any of this in medical school. They don't learn any of this in nursing school. So you really need to be careful about what you listen to be your own patient advocate, look up what they say to make sure it's correct. If you have a great one that you trust amazing, but you know, There are a lot of healthcare people out there spitting misinformation, and I know I'm probably going to get like lobbed into that too, because it's just par for the course, but that's why they need to back up their shit. Um, And if anyone comes at me and wants to have an actual healthy discussion about peanut butter, instead of like putting me down, we can do that. But that hasn't been the case in my comments. So healthcare practitioners, yeah, that is number six that I learned. Um, Number seven, saying anything these days, saying anything regarding food or nutrition is instantly labeled as diet culture. It's been labeled, it's being labeled as diet culture. Um, Somebody heavily commented that uh, like putting down food is diet culture, um, I can't remember the exact comment, but I was like, I'm not putting down food. I am explaining food as it is. Why is there a problem with that? That's not diet culture. That's information. Um, I don't think that there is a real great definition of diet culture that, you know, people can rely on. It's so general. Like I'm going to, let me Google it right now while I'm on this podcast, uh, diet. I asked my audience what diet culture was, and I like some of their responses off the top of my head. It was like perpetuating the idea that you need to be super skinny all the time, promoting fad diets, um, extreme measures, like cutting calories, two-a-day workouts, um, focusing on body size instead of like overall health. Like, yeah, I agree with all of that, that is, that is diet culture, but telling someone that like peanut butter is not a good protein source is not diet culture. Like it's not, we're not PB shaming. Okay. We're not doing any of that. We're just letting you guys know, which, you know, you would think you would like take that and be like, Oh, this is such like, cool. I now learned something today. I won't use it as protein anymore, but no, uh, let's see at its essence. This is from withinhealth.com. I don't know how accurate this is, but diet culture promotes restriction, obsession around food and exercise, avoiding and stigmatizing fatness and anxiety about the social, physical and romantic consequences of failing to perform these behaviors. Okay. Um, So that could be diet culture. Pervasive belief that appearance and body shape are more important than physical, psychological and general well-being. Amazing. Um... So again, I can see where there's like a fine line of like talking about food profiles and macros and calories is not for everyone. And some people think that tracking macros and tracking calories is disordered eating because you're weighing things that you're putting in your mouth. And for some, that may be a trigger, but for others, it could be the path to freedom because you actually get flexibility. It could be the path to intuitive eating because you now understand how to eat, how much to eat, and nutritional profiles of food so you know what to pick when you want a food or when you need to put together a meal. It could also help really, really help women and men. Um, I say women because we work with women, but get out of diet culture because you are now not restricting yourself anymore. You There's no more good and bad foods. Like Peanut butter is not a bad food. That's not what my post was saying at all. I don't think I've ever told anyone stay away from these types of foods. Like, in fact, one of my favorite reels that's out there that I haven't copied because I've seen it so much is like the three foods I will never eat. And it's like foods I'm allergic to, spoiled foods and foods I don't like, right? Um, Something like that. And that's true. Like I will eat all other foods. Do I avoid some foods because I know they're not like, the best for me and I'd rather feel great. Absolutely. But I don't put down foods as good or bad. It's just more nutrient dense or less nutrient dense. And I think as a society, if we can't accept that there are low nutrient dense foods or that like one food might not be a great source of protein, that another one is better. Like it's actually a better fat source and we've been lied to our whole life. Like if we can't accept these things, it kind of scares me for moving forward of what we're actually going to be allowed to talk about. Like this reel or this podcast episode could be could get a lot of backlash. I have no idea. I have no idea. So I'm actually afraid, but it's just super interesting to me about what a simple reel has shown me and I, I want to put it out there. That's just my, my way of doing things is I like to share knowledge. And so this is kind of what I've observed, but anyway, saying anything about food or nutrition is instantly labeled as diet culture. And that's not it. We should be able to openly talk about nutrition and food as it is without it being shamed or without it being taboo. It's almost like talking about sex back in the day. You weren't allowed to, oh my God, we can't talk about sex openly. Er, you're like a whore or whatever. No. It's not, I think, I feel like people are more comfortable talking about sex now than they are food and nutrition. That, that could be a post. I need to make a mental note. (laughs) (laughs) But like, when did nutrition and food profiles become like, hush, hush, like we can't mention that out loud. I don't know, y'all. It's a scary time. But that was one thing that was like, oh, okay, this is, this is, I'm, I'm noting this. Like, this is really interesting to me. Uh, number eight of what I learned, because we need to keep moving this along, math isn't enough data to shift people's opinions. I consider math, like what is, I was a math mathlete growing up, okay? I was super math nerd. Um, so maybe macros and stuff come more easily to me, but I was a math nerd. I was in Mu Alpha Theta, which is a math honor society in high school. <laughs> ah, nerd. And so I love math. Math is a universal language. It doesn't change. It is the same in every language. Math is math. Two plus two equals four. And if you fucking come for me about that, we're going (laughs) to have a problem. It's not subjective. Math is math. So when you provide math, you would think it would like hammer home a point. It doesn't. And to me, that blows my mind, probably because I am the math nerd. Okay, so one of the things, and I took a screenshot of this comment because I was like, mm, "That still doesn't, that still doesn't add up." Was, and I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just providing examples. Someone commented on the reel that 250 grams of steak contains 62 grams of protein. One cup of peanut butter contains to contains 65 grams of protein. So peanut butter literally has the same protein content as steak. So again, and then he called me stupid. So I then asked, can you give me those calorie amounts though? So we can compare those. And so they did and 250 grams of steak. And I found out he tracked a ribeye. So it's a fattier cut of steak. So of course it's going to be higher in calories is like 650 to 700 calories around there. A cup of peanut butter is over 1500 calories, okay? So more than double the steak. So if we're talking about great protein sources and we're talking about efficient protein sources, you like that has to mathematically make sense. Okay, so let's do a little bit of math on here, okay? So he did like a ribeye, which is a fattier piece of meat. So again, not the best example, but peanut butter is also fatty. So let's dive in, right? A ribeye, I'm pulling up my fitness pal if you're watching this on here. So we have a 250 gram ribeye is 678 calories, 62 grams of protein. When you do the math on that, as we know, if you track macros, one gram of protein has four calories per gram. So 62 times four, 248 calories come from protein. We divide that by the total, which is 678. So again, not a great ratio in this ribeye it is 36.6 grams of protein. Okay. That's how much the ribeye is. It's mostly going to be fat calories that come from, uh, that come from the steak. So we could definitely choose a leaner choice of meat, but I'm using this guy's example. So 36.6 grams of protein or percentages of protein in that ribeye. Now we do the peanut butter. Okay. So I think he said 65 grams of protein which is not what the app says, but we're going to use this example times four is 260 divided by 1540, which is how many calories are in a cup of peanut butter. That only comes to 16.8%, 16.8% protein in a cup of peanut butter. So you're really getting way more fat and you're getting way more carbohydrates than you are protein. So when we're looking at good protein sources and, and efficient protein sources, use the percentage method because if the food is mostly protein it's a good protein source if it's mostly other things it's not an efficient protein source so protein powders that's why they have minimal carbs and fats unless they're a gaining meal replacement they're mostly protein that is why it's because it's an efficient protein source Egg whites are the most efficient protein source, literally no carbs and fats, uh, deli meat, any other source of lean meat is a very efficient protein source because you don't have as much fat in there. Um, so I personally wouldn't have used a ribeye as my example, but you get it from a math perspective when you break it down like that. So even utilizing math, my point didn't, didn't drive home. So (laughs) that was just really surprising to me. It's like, but the math, is mathing on my end. Um, So anyway, that was point number eight for me that I realized like, okay, that's not going to save us here. Uh, Number nine, everything literally will most likely be taken out of context. So no matter what you're speaking about and no matter how intentionally like good your thoughts are and how you're trying to just like help people or or spread the good word, it's not going to be taken that way. It is going to be taken in all directions and directions you didn't even know were possible. Didn't even know were possible. Prepare yourself for that. Um, everything will be taken out of context. Uh, and that's fine. Just like I said, prepare yourself for that. And um, it's cool. You know, don't be surprised by it. It's just something I learned. Not really going to expound, expand on that thought much. It's just like, mm, okay, this is something knew that I realized it shouldn't really shock me at this point, And it shouldn't shock you. So number 10, marketing is working far more than we think. And marketing of the wrong things. Uh, people believe marketing more than they believe logic. People believe marketing more than they believe math and science, uh, which is not good. So like if the media had a commercial that told you This is high in protein. Eat this. It's high protein. And the protein is like eight grams. People are still going to go out and eat it and they're going to buy it because it's high protein or because marketing said so. But if they did the math breakdown we just did and they looked at the other macronutritional profiles and they were tracking macros and they saw, oh my gosh, yeah, it's got eight grams of protein, but it's got 30 grams of carbs. And like now, this high protein cereal isn't really high protein. Like, not for nothing, guys. If it has less than 15 grams of protein in it, it's not a high protein food. That's just my opinion. I know there's other people out there who will put like 10 as the stopping point. I don't even think 10 grams is high protein. I don't consider that a high protein food, 15 grams. That can be like a high protein food or higher anything less. It's not high protein, but now you have all the marketing people who know, oh my God, protein, we're looking for protein. So they're going to put high protein on everything. And it's not high protein. It's not. So marketing is working in the wrong ways in our industry, and we have to constantly fight it every single day. And I'm not going to stop. I know this, but I want to find a better way to combat the false marketing and the misinformation because logic ain't working. So maybe, hmm, anyone listening to this, if you guys have ideas, always hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. I'd be really interested. Um, and then number 11, we'll get some good ones in here. I did write down two more. because so I was like, not everything can be negative that I learned from this reel. I did learn that there are people who hundred percent get you and your messaging and they will come to back you up. I did not have all negative comments on this reel. I did have some very positive comments, some very funny comments that made me laugh. I had some people on my side who were like, all you did was tell people that peanut butter is a better fat source than protein. And they literally ripped you apart. I was like, I know what is happening. And then I had other women who were like, yes, this is why I eat PB fit like the powdered protein, which actually is a better protein source than regular peanut butter because it's dehydrated peanuts. They take out the oil. So you don't get as much fat and you get more protein in the powdered peanut butter. <laughs> See, the more, you know, guys, and it's because we're reading the labels and that client actually tracked. And she's like, yo, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, like protein powders. um, Literally anything else can be eaten for protein instead of peanut butter. And I was like, I know. So there are people who get you. There are people who get you. And even though I have like probably half of the comments are mine. So let's say 150 comments from strangers or even 200, because sometimes I just liked them. I have 900, over 900 people who liked the reel, which means they understood it. So more people liked it than had the, you know, audacity to comment something crazy on it. Uh, Like I said, I don't mind good discussion. And I did have a good discussion with a couple of people in the comments, but for the most part, a lot of people were just very attacking. And um, that was wild to me. I do think the audio attributed a little bit to it because it was like, saying that people were stupid but again with my sense of humor and like it's Issa ray do you not know Issa ray like come on uh if you don't insecure on hbo it was very good but to me it was just funny and like people were using it for so many different topics and i was like we're gonna use it for nutrition because it's a good one and apparently it was but maybe not on facebook facebook aren't really my people either that's why i don't really um promote on Facebook too much, Instagram and TikTok. And then the last thing I also learned is like, obviously my job is not done here. Like there's a lot of educational content I can still provide a lot. I was actually talking about this with my friend over the weekend. Um, how many coaches and trainers and just doctors and people who are online spouting the correct information, How many people are actually online saying the right things and like the accurate scientific data and information? And yet there's still so many who are misinformed and who have no idea, which is crazy to me because you would think if you heard enough people saying one thing, you would stop believing the old narratives, but maybe they're not into that. Like that's not on their feed, right? That's not on their algorithm. That's not in their life. So it's just crazy to me how many millions of people are still so misinformed, even though there's hundreds of thousands of coaches and, and creators spouting correct information. So our job is not done here, guys. The fight is not over. We have a lot of work to do still, which is fine. (laughs) Like, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is why I want to continue to speak about this stuff. Even if it's just about the simplicity of macros and food nutritional profiles. If I need to step back and break it down that low versus like metabolism and hormones and cortisol and whatever, um, that is cool. Like I want, you know, wherever we need to start stepping stones to move up, I know my job is not done. And I learned all of this from April, um, just for fun, because I've been on this podcast for, I don't know how long now. I'm gonna go online and see if I have any new comments. Cringe-worthy comments. I don't. Oh my god. Oh my know. Lanta. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I don't think I do. This is. This is great. Um. I have someone commenting on chicken thighs being a good protein source, but be aware of factory raised chickens and farm chickens. This is a peanut butter post. <laughs> when I say that, like, it's just far off the, some of the stuff that I got. I wasn't kidding, y'all. It's been super fun. It's been very frustrating. It's been a learning experience. And um, all of this has made me a better coach in different ways um, because I now just understand what to expect developing thicker skin understanding to like question myself like is this inappropriate like did I post wrong information right Um, and as a recovering like people pleaser and codependent that's where my head goes first it's not like oh people are wrong like no it's like did I do something wrong and then it's like no I didn't okay cool no I didn't you're wrong (laughs) any of you will be able to relate to that stuff. We might need to do some deep dive episodes, but um, thank you guys for tuning in this week to this very random episode, but I hope you kind of learned some things too. And let me know your thoughts as always tag me on Instagram or slide into my DMs at drdwyerdr.dwyer. Love to chat with you guys on all these topics. And I will, hopefully we have no travel planned. See you guys next week for some more fun. Ciao.